Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And this week we're talking about Rainbow Kitten Surprise, their album RKS, which presumably is an abbreviation, an acronym of the band name Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Uh, it was recommended to me by a friend uh, on Discord. They're like, hey, check this album out. Check this. They recommended a song, which I'm assuming was one of the bigger singles from this album. And I'm like, I don't do that. I'm not a single bitch. I'm an album bitch. So we did the whole album on the podcast and maybe we like it. Maybe we don't like it. Who fucking knows, dude? Then we better fucking get our, get our shoes on and run right into track number one. Oh my God. That was the fucking smoothest segue. <laughs> track number one, run. You already said it in the segue. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. What, so, so you lead us off here, Joey. What, what were your thoughts? Okay, so, so this was not what I was expecting at all. Like, I hear Rainbow Kitten Surprise, and I don't know if you ever heard Black Moth Super Rainbow or just, like, Tobacco uh, is... He's a guy that was in Black Moth Super Rainbow, but I was expecting, like, something psychedelic and electronic for some reason. Yeah, but I can see this, that. This is like a bluesy rock that... I instantly gravitated musically towards like the black keys. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's got a little bit of a spacey sound to it. It's very like the drums are very just like, boom, psh, boom. Yeah. Like, a simple, typical beat. And I mean, there's some flair to it occasionally, but all in all, the music is pretty like minimal. Where it's like there's there's a guitar solo that comes in towards the end. There's still some rock throughout it, but it there's no flash to the music at all. In, I agree. In my eyes, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're, we're, this is gonna be this is gonna be a weird week, I think. But uh, yeah, I agree. There, you've everything you've said is is spot on. The drums, I'm not too crazy about. I don't like. I don't even like really the sound of the drums. Like how they recorded them, I guess sounds weird sometimes. But uh, this song in Run, I don't, I don't know if you got the same vibes, but the the lead guitar riff that comes in reminds me of Voodoo Child. Really? Yeah. Every <laughs> time I hear it, because it's it's a similar riff or a similar melody, I guess, and that's just where my mind goes. And then the the guitar solo on this one is very like shrill, so I was getting kind of like Jack White vibes, which kind yeah. of blurs into the next track, I think, where I I just kind of had this White Stripes kind of bluesy shrill kind of stuff going on but uh lyrically i couldn't really nail down the intent of the song i suppose the genius annotators say it's about sex work but i'm not there's there's nothing so specific in the lyrics i think that implies that to me my initial impression was just kind of there's there's this kind of general sentiment about greed and how easy it is to like fall into debt or be manipulated or even like falling into crime to make a quick buck which I mean, I guess could you could consider sex work part of that, but it didn't seem so specific to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take your side there and think that there were a lot of genius annotators making some <laughs> giant fucking leaps for the <laughs> lyrics whenever I was reading this, and I was just like, normally I I read something and I try not to even read it because usually mm-hmm. it's it's pretty right, like I think it's right, but I was reading stuff this week and I was just like, no, no. I don't know where the hell you got this from, dude. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I, I didn't read a lot of annotations this week, but the ones I did read, I wasn't I wasn't super on board with. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think this song was just a general about falling into chasing money rather than anything else. 
and yeah. kind of just the pitfalls that come with that. Uh, like, I don't know, those people out there getting fucking bashed up by casinos for counting cards, dude. They're they're not <laughs> yeah. even they're not even it's, it's, thinking. It's quick money. It's quick, easy money. Just like track number two, counting cards. <laughs> not like, counting crows like, like the band. Not counting crows. I don't know why that's always in my brain too. <laughs> it's counting cards, counting crows. Anyways, this one I think continued Jack White vibes for me, and I think it's a combination of the singer's voice and his phrasing, and that kind of combined with the the simple bluesy rock kind of thing. I, that makes me feel like maybe they were fans of the White Stripes or Jack White because there's there's some similarities there that I was picking up on. Yeah, I was I read some of their. Um... What are they called? What are the what is it called whenever somebody inspires you? Inspirations. Is that is that the word? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Some of their inspirations and uh, the only one I can remember is Schoolboy Q. And That's interesting. But I feel like it was which it threw me for a loop when I read that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I I like the singer's voice and I'm going to I'm going to say a potentially hot take here and I think the singer's voice is the thing that saves this band for me because yeah. Like you, uh, not not saying that their music is necessarily bad. It just like right. it's, it's inoffensive. It is. It is inoffensive, and it's generally simple. And I mean, like, there's a nice groove to this song, but it's it's kind of samey when compared to the first song, though it is a little bit more laid back. Yeah, I think they they established their sound in the first track, and they don't deviate a whole lot throughout most of this album. Yeah, which is. Again, it's not saying it's a bad sound, but it's just not interesting. So there, there will be definite songs where I don't have anything to say about the music just because it's it's what we've heard. Get ready for that, folks. <laughs> hey, at least it'll make it a short episode for you guys, right? So Yeah. This song, like the lyrics, it kind of uh, made me think about the first track again, just mm-hmm. because he was looking back at the end of a relationship, realizing it was his fault that it was over. Or... Just, I mean, maybe it's not, he's not necessarily talking about himself, but just somebody. And it made me think that the person in the first track who fell into their ways of just chasing money kind of started to put that above the other person in their relationship. And then now they're wishing it was different. That's interesting. That That is probably a more accurate take than what I got out of it, because that lines up with a lot of the album, I think. But for me, there were two themes that I picked up in the song. One of which is this kind of idea of being in control of your own fate. And the other is that of like holding up some sort of facade and, and not revealing the true self. So tying those together, it kind of made me think that maybe the song is about his failures or mistakes being viewed publicly as like huge successes where he, he's kind of stumbled and that stumble for whatever reason has, has been picked up and, and, lauded i guess and that kind of kills him inside knowing that all of the fame is coming from something that he never intended to happen or whatever and that that kind of gives up i guess the power of control of counting cards kind of that was implied so maybe instead of that it's it's more of like just a a fake it till you make it kind of mentality where he's finding success just acting the part even if inside he's kind of panicking or, or a little insecure about how he got there I could feel that. I mean, I like I like that idea. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I, I think your interpretation fits better within the context of the album. It may be, but I like your version better because that's something I can relate to more. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing out the big guns. Yeah, not relating dude. to this music. How dare you? 
yeah and all, all that fucking praise is just wasted on me because in reality i'm just <laughs> a scared little boy it is you know it's not wasted not track number three is not <laughs> wasted because track number three is wasted <laughs> the title is wasted not yeah not the, it, it, you guys knew that i didn't need to explain that this one has some like rock organ some driving drums some kind of like light rocking rocking back and forth kind of guitar uh, and it took me this long in the album to realize that their sound reminds me of Young the Giant. Oh my god! It's a very like specific sound that I was like, yeah, that makes that's that's why this sounds kind of familiar to me. You did not fucking beat me to that comparison by a song. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just better. I'm just quicker quicker on the draw. <laughs> you are. You totally are. But okay, okay. That's interesting, but yeah, they, he, his voice totally totally gets me there. He he sounds like he's a singer from Young the Giant, and I think I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I enjoy some Young the Giant. I haven't listened to a lot of their music, but I think that's kind of the, maybe this is an issue with me. But this a lot of I mean in these first three tracks, I've done nothing but compare them to other music. So maybe to me, maybe that means that they don't really have a unique sound, I guess. But they're unique in that they're combining a lot of other sounds, I suppose, and that's. I think that's part of why this album fell flat to me is just because it doesn't bring something fresh to the table, in my opinion. I definitely agree. Like it, w- part of my Young the Giant comparison in the next song was that it sounds like a lot of the indie rock that I would hear around like the 2012-2013 era. Yeah. And uh, later, I even specifically compare their singer to... Well, I said later. It's right now. Right now is what I'm doing. <laughs> Comparing their singer to, uh, which I do like their singer, Sam Mello. He's a pretty good vocalist. I like. Yeah. I like the way he sings. I like his voice. He sounds kind of like the singer of Moon Taxi, and uh, I like Moon Taxi. Your Mo esoteric references. I've never heard of Moon Taxi. Well, you know, you should maybe listen to him then. Maybe I will someday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, I think like the singers singer uh sam mellow his voice is what holds the song together for me because there are pretty there are some parts where the music is pretty minimal and his his voice is really what is like holding it all together yeah he could easily be like a like a solo act i think which maybe that's offensive to the rest of the band but i don't know (laughs) he's he's carrying them yeah through their success in my opinion and i guess in yours as well Lyrically, I don't know. Does he write the songs? He's got to be the songwriter. Yeah. Okay. On Genius, they said he is. So, so yeah. Lyrically, uh, this one seems to be, again, about, I guess, his relationship, but it paints it in a more abusive way where it feels like the singer, Sam, is willing to put up with his partner being, you know, emotionally or even physically abusive because he's just riding the high of being in love. And he, he's kind of, I guess, in denial in some aspect of like what a healthy relationship is. And he just, he, he loves her and doesn't want to leave her, even though she's being shitty. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much where I got. And, uh, it's funny that you point out her because, uh, she can put out some cold love, you know, she can, she she's, can, she's as cold as ice and it's she's... described perhaps in track four cold love. I was going to go a different direction with that, but, uh, you know. I didn't. Men, I went. men can, can can give cold love. To be yeah. clear, uh, I in this song, I guess jumping ahead to the lyrical content, uh, I don't know which of these songs is about a girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend, or which is about an ex-boyfriend. Because this song is about the worries and the stresses of having 
a closeted gay relationship growing up in a time where it wasn't socially accepted. And there's also some implication that maybe a relationship wasn't necessarily the goal for either of them or that it was like a failed attempt at a relationship because the first line of the song, he says, not wholly separate, but syncopated, single in our nature. So it's very much like there's a divide happening. But yeah, apparently the the singer, uh, Sam Mello, is, is gay. And I don't know if this was him coming out on this album necessarily, but that kind of, there are songs on this album where he references a girlfriend, I think, or a girl. So I don't, I don't know if he's bi or if he's, if he's gay or, or what happened, but this is the one song that stands out as being about a homosexual relationship to me. Yeah. Same here. And that's where I was go- trying to go with my segue and then gave up because uh, <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain. And I mean, I'd have to reread through the lyrics and I'm not, I'm not going to do that right now, but I'd have to reread through the lyrics to absolutely make sure, but I'm fairly certain he specifically references a girlfriend of his in other songs, unless he's talking from somebody else's perspective, which is totally fair. But yeah, I mean, in, in waste of the previous track, he says your boyfriend stands to wait. So I mean, I guess it, it could still be like a gay relationship, I suppose, but maybe it's just my straight mind that thinks, okay, boyfriend, if, if his partner has a boyfriend, then it, it, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. I might be quick on the draw and I apologize if that's the case, but I don't apologize because <laughs> Jeremy did for me. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, the cold love is a softer song, maybe a bit more pain sounding. And uh, at this point it's kind of just more of what I expect. Uh, it's got a nice slow build to it. I like the lyrical phrasings in it. And there's an outro that has like a ton of layered vocals that only has like bass accompaniment behind it. And that kind of, I think that makes the emotion hit a bit stronger, but it, it's, it's still not a super like outstanding track, I suppose. Get ready to hear that uh, a few more times, people. Because <laughs> um, uh, that lady might have just been a lie because he was never talking about a lady. It was a lady lie. Oh my god. He lied about a lady and then wrote track number five, Lady Lie. <laughs> See that so this uh this the song title at least was interesting to me because I didn't know if coming off of the the back of Cold Love where he was talking about a closeted gay relationship, a song called Lady Lie, like it was a lie about being with a lady. That mm. I, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't. I don't fucking know, but I just, <laughs> I read it. Give him the credit. Yeah. He did it intentionally. I, I hate to not give people credit where, like, maybe it's just me, like, having an aha moment about something that's very <laughs> obvious to other people. Right. But, but uh, yeah, whenever I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, Lady Lie, because he's, he's living a lie by being with ladies. But, that's interesting. So is that what you got lyrically from the song? No, that's not what I got lyrically from the song, but okay. I just read I read it and I was like, hmm, that's that's interesting. That's, that is that's an interesting cool. connection that I did not make myself. So <laughs> I appreciate you calling attention to it, even if it if it was obvious for other people. Well, if I was other people then then I wouldn't know what I know. Now would I? Okay, moving on. Lady Lie. Uh, again, I mean music there's it's got a little bit more energy than the last track, but still has some melancholy vibes. It's pretty much all I noted about it. Yeah, same here. Because uh, at this point, we're gonna hit the point in the in the fucking yeah. album where uh, we're just like, I it's mean, all the same. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say the rest of this album is 
very samey. Like, yeah. musically, the, not much changes. I have a few notes further in, but yeah, that, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're we're not gonna focus. We're not gonna repeat that. Hopefully, every track we're just gonna focus on the lyrics where we don't have a lot of music. Speaking of lyrics, <laughs> this is one that I wasn't sure again the intent of the writer, but to me, it sounded like it's from the perspective of someone manipulating a girl to sleep with him, and it sounds like he keeps like enticing her to sleep with him, taking advantage of the fact that maybe she's not doing financially well, or maybe she's, he's just taking advantage of her bad habits that were kind of expressed earlier in the album. And he tells her the reason that I guess I'm getting this more like manipulative angle on it is that he tells her to stop lying to him, which I think could be that she's actually lying. But to me, it kind of felt like, he's kind of like gaslighting her in a way and trying to control the narrative or maybe even just expressing his power over her by not acknowledging that what she's saying is the truth, which is inherently asking her to lie, I guess, which is kind of a weird circular way of looking at things, but it it felt kind of greasy to me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I didn't know if this was about like a string of one night stands with like the same type of guy or a singular guy who is a, constantly manipulating this this one girl but uh yeah it sounds like a a pretty shitty guy you know i agree he's Um, walking around acting like he's the the king of king of nambia with his american shoes that he's imported and styling on his air jordans or whatever jeremy where is nambia i don't know okay well (laughs) i I guess we'll find out in track number six american shoes Man, I'm an uneducated American wearing my American shoes. I mean, it's what we do. We're 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 literally here to be the laughing stock of the rest of the world, right? That's true. That's why we put this on the internet for other people to laugh at. Because God knows they're not listening for the the heartbreaking analytical analysis of the lyrics on this song, which to me seems to it it, it seems like it's going through stages of a failing relationship where the singer's ex maybe wanted a break and then the break turned out to be more than a break and it was like permanent. And then the singer was in denial that she had moved on. And eventually he realized that the love that he had was kind of more fleeting and it was just kind of a surface level thing without a lot of depth to it. And despite that realization, it kind of seems like he still wants to give it another try, even though she's probably moved on. He talks about being in love with the thought of their relationship. And that's, that definitely goes to show that maybe it was surface level. But yeah, he also talks about like wishing that her her new family, like she has a new family and wishing that her child was his and yeah, it's all this. Up. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Just I don't I don't know. It's 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 a little it's pretty clingy even for uh even for a like I don't know, a breakup song or a or I yeah. wish you were still mine song. Cause it's not quite an, I wish you were still mine song. It's like, I wish you were still just totally part of me. And, but I'm willing to admit that I'm only in love with the thought of us and not necessarily in love with you type deal. But I, yeah. I want you to think I'm okay, but I'm so clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been fucking, running around town trying to get his mind off it doing doing lines of cocaine you know he's got a he's got a dealer that he calls cocaine jesus that brings it lifts him up you know as it were takes yeah him to higher places yeah definitely and it probably put him in the state of mind to write track number seven cocaine jesus 
Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, this, this is, song. This is the song that was recommended to me, by the way. Okay, this song. This was the big song is where that I was going to go. Yeah. It was. It has like 76 million listens on Spotify. Wow. This is their one hit, huh? Yeah. Yep. Is that rude? <laughs> is it rude to call them a one hit wonder? I mean, yeah, no. Fuck it. I said it. I said what I said. 79 million plays. Actually, I, I was wrong. I, I, I flipped my six upside down or flipped my nine or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This one has an acapella intro to it, which I simultaneously love and hate. <laughs> I, the, I like how the melody progresses through through each line. Like The melody sounds good. The transition into the actual song, starting with the chorus, is is great. But it's got that kind of weird, that weird vibe for me that I get with a lot of acapella music where it just kind of feels wide and it, it's unsettling to me. And I don't like it. Like unsettling in an uncanny Valley type way or like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. I mean, we, we talked about it. We've talked about it a few times, I think. Yeah. Especially with like the Jacob Collier album where there's just like, <laughs> there's just so much happening and my ears. Don't like it. And yet you like barbershop quartets. I do. There's a weird line that I've drawn somewhere in my brain and I can't justify it. <laughs> no, you don't have to justify it. It's your taste. Uh, but yeah, other than other than the intro that's just vocals it it i mean his voice gets kind of harsher at points throughout the song which mm-hmm. is a nice change but uh outside of that there's not too much yeah. change it's, up it's a fine song i can yeah, i can understand why it's the single of the album that got big but yeah still i mean at this point it's seven tracks into the album we've heard it all <laughs> yeah we, oh my god how sad <laughs> yeah they just they just need to maybe take take it take a step back from what they're doing strip it down to its bare bones and then maybe rebuild and find something that makes them shine we'll find out on track number eight bare bones which uh the song title is correct because yeah. they strip it back to bare bones and this there's a, an acoustic guitar like it's it's a nice tonal change just to hear a crisp acoustic guitar and there's a there's a pounding that sounds like thunder in the background it's just it's nice to have something different at this point honestly i mean the song itself is like i like it more than the other songs on the album but i think out for sure yeah i think that my liking it more chalks it up is can be chalked up to the fact that it stands out more yeah I, I agree. There's unfortunately there's not much more to say about it <laughs> because I mean it, I mean it is an acoustic song. It stands out in that regard, but there's nothing super interesting still going on uh, lyrically. To me, this one seemed a bit scattered, and I couldn't really pin it down. The first verse seemed to be about girls visiting from out of town, just wanting like a one night stand kind of hookup deal that inevitably seems to lead to the local guys wanting more. And then the second verse comes in and he's talking about like the devil being like kind of like mundane and, and almost normal. And I was thinking maybe the second verse is just kind of describing how used to the story of wanting more and being hurt is to the singer. Like he's, he's seen it all firsthand and now he's just kind of jaded about it. And he's at a point where maybe his, his, even his inner demons don't make him feel anything. And he's just kind of numb about it because he's been through it so many times. Yeah, definitely. Like, I saw this as a song where it's just talking about chasing vices. And at this point, he's so like used to that, to his own addictions. Like I I got the devil being painted as like a bartender just Mm -hmm. serving up drinks. So he's just kind of like, he's just kind of chill with it, you know? 
accepting yeah. uh accepting whiskey and gin from the devil he's just like whatever i'm i'm accepting this lifestyle that i'm living and uh i'm i'm understanding that other people are going to be living it too but uh yeah he's, maybe he's in a bar the devil's bartending somewhere in chicago you know and if you're, good night if you're chicago <laughs> track number nine good night chicago <laughs> <laughs> Lyrically, because I don't have music notes on this one. Oh, um, do you got something to say? No. Then don't come on me. <laughs> this one <laughs> was to me. I, I got that it, it was about the singer reinventing himself every few years to make relationships easier, or in hopes, I guess, of making relationships easier. And he like he moves to a new town, he adapts a new personality, and kills off the old version of himself, and hoping that he'll do better as this new this new character i guess and he's kind of worrying the i guess the the core of the song is he's worrying that the latest version of himself isn't doing better and he's hoping that chicago will save him or like just just the general like will of the world i guess will come and and make things better for him yeah I, I, I got pretty much the same thing and this was my my note to add is that this is one of the songs where I was reading the genius annotations and I, I was just like, they were talking about a woman who like killed a guy and then, <laughs> then the singer took the fall for her. But while he was in jail, she like just, I guess scored, like forgot that he existed and didn't care. And like, he took the fall for her because he loved her so much. And now it's, he's like a spurned lover or something. And That's I was crazy. just like, I was like, you guys need to write a fucking book. Because yeah. <laughs> they either either they know either like the singer has come out and said these that that's what these songs are about, or they're just reading way too much into the lyrics. They're just writing some <laughs> fucking RSK or RKS fanfic over yeah. here. That's wild. I mean, with that filter, I could see it, but I feel like with just the the words that we have, we cannot make those those wide assumptions about it. Yeah, I mean, who knows. Like more power to him. All's well that ends, you know. All's well that ends. Well, you mean right? No, I mean track number ten. All's well that ends. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Okay, so so musical note here. I like the opening guitar part. That's my musical note. I didn't have a musical note, so it must not have stood out too much to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's a nice little groove, and it's I'm fine with it. They've got groove on this album. That is that is for sure. They they've definitely got groove down. They they make some cool some cool sounds, but it's not not unique new sounds usually. U- unique yeah. New York. <laughs> well, they were talking about Chicago, not New York, Jeremy. You're right. You're right. He did talk about New York in the in that tr- track though. I think at yeah. some point. Anyways, yeah. Uh, this one to me seemed I mean, it's pretty simply about the fear of death, right? He he fears that he's going to grow old and alone and he feels like he's wasted a lot of time already and feels like he's running out of said time to find somebody to die next to. See, I took it in the opposite direction. Oh my God. He's like saying, acceptance of it. Yeah. He's just like, whatever, I'm going to die. So fucking who cares? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I just, he says, I don't want to die alone, but I don't want to die at all. Kind of a thing. So maybe, maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's, it's his growth over the the course of the song that he may be starting in a place where he doesn't want to die and he's not okay with it, but then maybe goes on to be okay with it. Maybe I was just injecting some of my own into there. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's called All's Well It Ends, right? So that's kind yeah. of implying a happy-go-lucky deal to it. All I know is there's going to be a major come down at the end of this album. When we talk about track number 11, the come down? Yep, because now we're coming down. We're coming down. We're fin- we're finishing this up quick. We're, we're flying through tracks at yes. record speeds, perhaps. Record speeds. Thank you for writing tracks that we can fly through at record speed. Rainbow <laughs> Kids. <laughs> wow. Okay. Lyrically, the come down. Uh, I could not really decipher a coherent story here. But the annotations kind of make sense on Genius when they, they say it's just about doing coke and chasing highs with, with a lover. It, it felt kind of out of place, I think, to have that be the ending of this. But maybe I just misinterpreted the entire album. Yeah, I just got that it was written from the perspective of someone who's watching someone else go through addiction. Like, so I like that it, better than what I said. In that way... It's it's a song about addiction and then how it affects those around you because you're you're hearing it from somebody who it's affecting. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a better take. Better take than mine. My trash take of the ending of this mediocre album. Man, I got all the hot takes over here. Not um, hot speak- takes, just takes. There's nothing hot about this album. There's no hot takes. <laughs> I think it- the genius annotators have hot takes about this album. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Speaking of hot takes, get ready for the fucking hottest of takes because usually this is where we announce next week's album. But right now, we're uh, yeah. So this is going to be a hot take for for you, Ben, specifically. Sorry, but uh, sorry, um, and everybody else who happens to listen to this, if you listen to our podcast all the way through from the beginning, like some sort of insane person. But yeah, um, sort of insane, so in, insane feedback loop posse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we're, we're we're we are coming back, so don't don't worry. But we are going to be not back at you next week. We're going to be kind of reformatting the way that we do things because I, I'm sure, as you could uh, see and hear, <laughs> <laughs> this album killed us. This album, no, it it wasn't necessarily this album, but we do need to. No, sure. We realize that just kind of. I mean, albums are albums. They're they're going to be a similar sound throughout, unless it's an exceptional album. And there's so many. Ex- there's only so many exceptional albums out there. And going through each one track by track, once a week, with stuff that we're not naturally finding, we're kind of just recommending to each other. It 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 can get not necessarily stale, but we we just kind of don't find the right stuff to talk about, or there's not too much to talk about in it. And it kind of just, it's not a super engaging experience for us to be able to talk about with each other. And it's not a super engaging experience for, we understand for people to be listening to. So we're, yeah. we're going to be taking a little bit of time, figuring out a reformatting of the structure of this podcast and try to make something more natural because we, we each absolutely love music and we we do do plenty of discovery on our own, which we're starting to find that we do a lot of discovery. That's not even related to the pod, like the podcast or the the albums that we're recommending to each other. So we're kind of going to try to do something that builds off of that, but uh, yes. we, we, we will be back. Yeah. We don't, we don't know what that looks like yet. We're going to work on it and we're going to get back to you guys. So we're going to take a little, just a little break, a little, little indefinite hiatus. Play some rock band, you know. Play some rock band. Get some vibes out.
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's normally it feels weird not having an album to talk to tell you guys to to listen to or whatever. I mean, you can you can recommend an album to them. We just okay. we'll be talking about it next week, I guess. Well, you know the al- an album that I okay, you know Black Moth Super Rainbow. I talked about them earlier. Go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend specifically the album Dandelion Gum. Go listen to that album, people. We won't be talking about it whenever we come back. <laughs> we but might, you, but but we that's might. not the plan. Yeah, that's not the plan. But we don't, you, we don't have a plan. <laughs> we've never been people for plans, and we had plans for, for this podcast for a long time, and then we realized we're not we're not that's people. Not, for that's plans. not the plan we like. <laughs> yeah, we're not people for plans. Indeed, but, uh, we're not plan people. But yeah, so if you want to. Go listen to Dandelion Gum by Black Moth Super Rainbow, but don't expect us to to give up, give you our takes on it. But we will see you when we see you. And until then, stay in our feedback. Room.